Beards for Radio. Star Wars Day, you nerds. It's us, the Beards for Radio. We're back. We know you missed us. I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. And life's been crazy. Um, This is our first time recording in uh, two months, I believe. I think last time we were on here, we were talking with Farbar about Batman and, uh, you know, our our innocent young minds were previewing the NBA playoffs that we thought were going to (laughs) happen. Right. We kind of got thrown a curveball, but it is Star Wars Day. We wanted to come on, just update you guys on what's been going on. And um, we got thrown some good news today. Uh, Star Wars movie is in the making, being directed by the hot commodity in the directing and acting business, Taika Waititi. Yeah, man. I mean, exciting because this is the guy who just like did Thor Ragnarok. And I think Thor Ragnarok kind of set that, you know, outer space, you know, galaxy feel that you kind of feel when you feel when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I'm saying? So he's had he's had some run ins with Star Wars because he acted as the IG unit in The Mandalorian and uh, was the director on the season finale of season one. Yeah, and and the season finale was, you know, you know, it, if you watch, like, I, like they just had the season finale of the, the Clone Wars. They brought that back for the seventh season. They had just had the finale. I actually just watched it last night. Hell of an ending. Um, but uh, if you're a big fan of that, the ending to Mandalorian was just ten times even more because – you know, are they going to bring all this together? We, you know, we've gone through this uh, before. There's those gaps in the time that you can fill in such good, good, awesome, awesome detail and good stories with. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm excited for uh, to guy to get out there and you know, you, you know, show us his you know chops in the Star Wars world. Um, I don't want it to be too campy, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it's Disney. What do what are you gonna get? But um, I, I like I like his I like his his comedic approach to you know, Star Wars was essentially, essentially like an action adventure sci-fi. You know what I'm saying? But right. he does have comedic, comedic, a good comedic approach to it, like how uh, he did with you know Thor. It was it yeah. was fully done and still action packed. So I'm and, excited. And you remember when uh, it looked like James Gunn wasn't going to be the director slash writer on Guardians of the Galaxy three. And we were all upset until they said it would likely be given to Taika Waititi. And we were like, you know, that's that's fine. If it's not going to be James Gunn, that's a pretty good sub. But now, you know, we're back to being James Gunn running that one. Um, and then, yeah, he he did uh, Jojo Rabbit this last year. <laughs> you know, um, the, the Hitler comedy, I guess. I haven't seen that one, but it's on the list. Um, what We Do in the Shadows. Um, I haven't seen the TV show, but his movie that he did with Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Clements, that's that's a fine comedy film right there. Uh, that was it's like a mockumentary that came in during the the vampire craze. And that's that's a really good movie. Gotcha. But yeah, I know today Rise of Skywalker was just put on to Disney Plus today being made the fourth. Um, and people are probably like, what? There's a new Star Wars movie? I thought we just wrapped all this up. But pretty sure it's going to be 
separate from the Skywalker saga. That that saga is complete. There's a whole other galaxy going on. Yeah, and you know what? You know how you know it's going to be successful? Uh, the Mandalorian, which had no, had like very minimal ties. Right. Like if that and some references to the Empire. But aside right. from that, like, yeah, not much going on with the, the Skywalkers and the Solos and the Kenobis and the Palpatines, what have you. Right. And, um, and you know, there, there's, there's always going to, I feel like there's always going to be ties to the Skywalker saga. There is because there's been rumors that I read on a website. I think there's the same website that like, I forget what other rumors that they've uh, said they're going to come that are happening. They've come to fruition, but um, Rosario Dawson is getting cast as Ahsoka fan. Tano. So I think that'd be kind of a cool, you know, add on to it because in that same, you know, you know, breath is that, you know, a lot of people want to see a lot of these, you know, non, you know, live action, you know, characters come off of their, you know, animated screens or, uh, or video game, you know, based screens to the big screen. So I think, I think, you know, that's where the Mandalorian is kind of as good as gonna, you know, take Star Wars fans to where they really haven't been before, you know, no pun intended, because <laughs> there's you, you're going to be able to see new characters. And, you know, Disney Plus is, is the perfect avenue for that. It's a, pl- a perfect platform to give you that and to see what Favreau has done, to see what, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard's done. She did a few um, um, of the Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian directing, you know, with with the Kai. I mean, like, you know, yeah. the sky with that. And then on the other hand, you know, you still got the Marvel stuff. So, you know, like, it's it's a great platform for newer, not newer characters, characters that aren't known really to the mainstream movie heads, opposed to like, you know, saying the bookworms and you know the comic right. worms and you know, like the ones keeping up to date on like the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and right, right, those. yeah, exactly. No, so, but yeah, certainly surprising news to hear. And um, I've I've only seen Rise of Skywalker once, saw it in theaters, so one of, probably sometime this week, very soon. I'm still working, so I'm not on quarantine per se, but. Someday this week, I'm gonna sit down and watch that one on on Disney Plus. So I'm excited to do that. Are you guys practicing social distancing at your work, Joseph? Yeah, you know we're keeping six feet apart from our coworkers, unless I come over to slap them in the face, be like, "Hey, wake up and do your job," you know. Right. Um, everybody's wearing their masks when they're not at their desks, and uh, they're doing what they can do. Like half of the people are working from home. Uh, I'm not one of those people, but I don't mind. You know, I prefer to keep work and and a uh, home life separate. You know, have have those boundaries. So, um, you know, we're we're doing what we can. We we were coined uh, an essential business. We work on advertising and broadcasting. So, uh, you know, I I can't complain being being employed through all this. I know a lot of people have had hardships. So I guess I'm I'm blessed to still be working. It's been stressful, but. Right. Still going at it. Right. Absolutely, man. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of like this in the same thing. I've been having problems with my unemployment. I haven't. I, I filed like over a month ago, so I haven't seen nothing. You know, thank God my wife, uh, hers went through fine, and like you know the stimulus, whatever came through, because you know you know 
God bless we're still here. You know what I'm saying? That's all that really matters yeah. at the end of the day, you know. But man, I feel like I'm walking through like a mist. I like I forget stuff that I'm supposed to do. Like 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 I forget what like day it is. I'm like, oh my God, dude. I have like my kids here every single day. My wife gets up, she goes to work, you know what I'm saying? Well yeah. does what she can over there to restaurants, to, you know, to to run to run food out to people, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, so I've been sitting here for over a month with five kids in the house, and I got to make sure they're all doing their homework, you know, they're all three square meals. It's like, damn, like, I, I've came to have, I've always had a, a great appreciation for teachers. I have a lot of teachers in my in my family, but, like, I've had a, a greater appreciation for teachers going through this the whole uh uh, this pandemic and this quarantine stay at home, stay safe thing because I'm telling you, man, I'm going stir crazy. I to the point where I'm excited to go to Myers with my wife to go shopping. <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, our, our once our once a week trip. I'm excited to do that. I'm like a I'm like a I'm like a dog with his head out the window going to Myers. Like, oh my god, I love this. I love this. But yeah, yeah, man, it's like I'm walking through a mist. And like everything seems so surreal, and then I forget stuff that I shouldn't be forgetting. So it's really annoying. Yeah, you know, I miss the bars and restaurants being open. Not for me personally, but because my roommates would be there pretty much every night going out, and now they're stuck at home, which means I got to do my recordings in the car and whatnot. So, um, yeah, no, like that's one thing that work provides me. I guess is. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't forget which day it is. I'm always counting down till Friday. So right. it's kept me on, on track for that. Um, hey, why don't, why don't you plug your wife's restaurant a little bit on the show? You know, use this it's a free airtime. Yeah, this. why not? Yeah, um, in Heartland, Michigan, they're on a M59, oh, M59 and an old US 23. It's called uh, Mexican Fiesta Cantina. You know, give us, a, I, I don't know the number offhand. You can probably Google it, but it's Heartland, Michigan, Mexican Fiesta Cantina. And uh, it's called it there, and they do curbside pickup, um, but they're not doing any kind of a dining. But, yeah. Right, of course. And tomorrow being Cinco de Mayo. A lot of taco, taco Tuesdays. Yeah, I already got, I already got my taco kit ready. My taco kit is awesome. ready. But, yeah, so. That's great. Um one of the small benefits of sports just being straight out canceled till further notice is uh, gotten to see a lot of old broadcasts. Like they're rebroadcasting a lot of older games. Um, some of them I got to watch and I record and get to relive some of them. Like uh, the 1988 Rose Bowl between Michigan State and USC. They broadcast that on Saturday night and I've got that in my library. Like, uh, Got to rewatch a bunch of old Michigan State basketball games. You know that's that's primo for me. I love my my Spartan hoops. Uh, what are, what are some things in your in your library if if you've gotten a chance to either like read or do some watching? Uh, I know you've been busy at home, but like if, in your downtime, what have you been able to do? Well, my downtime, I've been like I've been going. My buddy was playing. We were playing NBA 2K. No one was hopping on, right? So I'm like, this is the only kind of basketball right. I'm gonna get. My buddy's like, oh, would you hop on Grand Theft Auto? So I'm playing on Grand Theft Auto, you know, because it's, it's just, you can like, you can just, I can just hop on and like destroy people and like, you know, just do a little stupid <laughs> stuff on bullcrapping with my wife. You know what I'm saying? Just to get, you know, get my mind off of things. But sports wise, that anger out. right, right. But sports wise, I've been watching. Um, obviously the draft. I've been keeping up with the draft. Um. I've been looking at 
Michigan's uh, recruitments uh, basketball-wise. Um, I'm curious to see how they hopped in the top 15 uh, recruitment and saying that they're number one in the Big Ten. I'm really curious. I don't – because I haven't seen any of these kids, you know – yeah. Uh, well, highlight tapes going to take you so far because you know what I'm saying. People say, "Oh, go look at highlight tapes on him." I'm like highlight tapes, they're all going to be like great stuff he does. You know what I'm saying? Right. I want to be like, like, like I, I wish people would make non-highlight tapes, like, uh, like stuff the kid does wrong. You know what I'm saying? So I can see what his tendencies are besides what his greatness is. You know what he's good at. So I don't. Like, I'd rather just watch the kid play and like. You know what I'm saying. So I don't know any of these cats that they're bringing in. So I'm like really curious to see if this is overhype again. Because, you know, Michigan tends to overhype stuff because the brand is a national brand. I'm not scared to say it. Michigan fan, sometimes it gets pretentious and sometimes it gets a little, uh, you know, come on. You know what I'm saying? Is yeah. it is is it is he truly recruiting great kids and doing a good job or is it just the block M? At, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But I've been, been kind of loosely following that. But for the main part, I've been watching The Last Dance. I still got to watch Sunday's two episodes that dropped. But man, it's like you know, growing growing up watching that the Bulls like that, and growing up watching like the rise of Jordan from like the, the Pistons kicking his ass like three four years in a row. I'm saying to watch Jordan go over that hump, yeah. but actually kind of kind of get like the background and the insight and like what was going on, you know, in the front offices with Jerry Krause and everything. And like, (laughs) you know, that, that was like, Oh, a little different. You know what I'm saying? You look at it a little different, but what, what I do not look at different. I probably look at a little more is to me, Jordan is more the goat to me. I don't care what anybody says. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, like, 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 like people, well, he didn't like, he didn't be, uh, Larry Magic or Isaiah, like yeah, we know that Isaiah took down the Goliath. Isaiah took down Jordan. He took down Bird. He took down uh, Magic. But you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like you can't put age into this. And then you know, no. you, you, then you got to make that same argument with LeBron. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna make that argument with LeBron. Yeah. It's the errors that they played. It is what it is. That's how it got laid out. You know what I'm saying? But it was awesome to see Jordan come over that hump and and do two two three peats and you know that's never been seen before and like you know i it just solidifies me that he he had something in him that i have not seen in any other player since kobe you know what i'm saying yeah. like him and kobe yeah. that you can turn it on and that's that the model mode the black the black panther mode you know what i'm saying that like i haven't seen it in any other players right and not, I'm not going to spoil anything about uh, the upcoming episodes that aired last night that you haven't seen, but it does open with uh, the All-Star Game at Madison Square Garden, Kobe's rookie season uh, feature. You know, it's got Michael and all of the Western or Eastern Conference teammates kind of like, oh, that, that Laker boys trying to take the league one-on-one, like trying to take players one-on-one at a time. And MJ is like, oh, I'll, I'll take him. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, and um, yeah, like Kobe, Kobe is pretty heavily featured in the first couple segments of the the ones that aired last night. And he said he gets tired of the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like comparisons, you know, because he said what I have, a lot of it I got from Michael. I wouldn't have brought these five titles to the Lakers without the advice and the example that Michael Jordan set for me, you know, so it's. It is different because I got to grow up watching Kobe. I didn't get to 
see Michael. Like the first time I saw Michael fall was during the the Bad Boys Thirty for Thirty. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? You saw the Jordan rules. You saw him get his ass kicked. But like, like exactly. First time I saw him be a human. All right. So so so, I asked you on a little side note, right? So when yeah. Jordan lost a year before, and he went out and he gave everybody a hug and he shook everybody's hands. But when they beat the Pistons, do you think that was bad form on Isaiah Stones, or you just think like, hey, that's who the bad boys were? I think nowadays you look at it, and all of these NBA players are like besties off the court. And you got you got the Hardens versus the Giannis, like we were talking about last time we recorded an episode. You got very few rivalries, um, but they touched on it. You know, the the Celtics walked off the floor when the Pistons finally overcame that hump and overtook Larry and Ainge and uh, all those other white dudes. Like, the, the Celtics walked off the court. The only reason you got the Isaiah and I think it was Dumar's handshake between um, – who was it? Uh, the- one of them, one of them was like, because they kind of like stopped him in his tracks and like, you know, it looked all buddy buddy in that one shot. But was it bad form? Uh, you know, the the duck by by Z didn't look too good. No, it didn't. Um, but you know, I don't think they cared. I think I think the only one who really paid the price was Isaiah, not getting selected to the dream team, because. If he was a little bit more friendly, you know, maybe he gets on the dream team. But if he's a little bit more friendly, maybe he's not playing in three NBA finals and should have three rings, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Zeke goes on as the most underrated player of all time. I think I think that goes to show you that sometimes, you know, what you leave out on the court, you know, politics just gobbles it up sometimes, you know? Right. But for, like, for like what Jordan said is very, like, it – it, it resonated with me because I feel the same way. It's like, it, it, as bad as it hurt me to go and congratulate them, it hurt. And believe me, it hurt like an MF, right? That's sportsmanship. And I got to, I got to give that to him as much as, you know, we are, you know, a blue collar city, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, you know, we, we gonna roll our, you know, our, we gonna roll our sleeves up and go to work. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I want to have my integrity yeah. intact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, I, I do think Lambeer was really the uh, the connoisseur of the walk-off. He, he oh, really – Oh, yeah. Oh, and he, oh yeah. He, was, he had no bones about wearing the black hat. He said it in the, the Bad Boys documentary. Somebody's got to wear the black hat as he's literally wearing, you know, a Heisenberg, Walter White hat in the interview that he's talking about being the bad guy. He <laughs> – he was never going to be an all-star like Isaiah Thomas or even Joe Dumars, Dennis, Dennis Rodman, even, you know, he, he knew his role and he would tell everybody else their role. And his role was to piss people the F off. Right. And he didn't care who he brought down with him, whether he was like pulling Larry Bird down with him, whether he was shoving Michael to the ground, whether by just being uh, associated with him, he brought Isaiah kind of down reputation wise but i don't think isaiah would trade being on the dream team for the two titles should have been three with the what was it 88 the you know the phantom foul on lambeer right but you know it's i don't know it it if if it wasn't my team or my city you know the pistons 
Yeah, I could like if it's one of those things where you ride or die with somebody. If if it's your team doing it, you love it. But if it's not, you hate it. You know, you hate on it. But no, I I get where you're coming from. You gotta respect the uh, the integrity and the sportsmanship. But um, right. But at the end of the day, I I have I have friends like that that I'll ride and die for. Don't get me wrong. Like like me, I wouldn't have. I would I would have shook hands. And if we, and if like right. and if Isaiah would have had a problem with it, I would have been like, "Fuck you!" That's what I'm gonna be. Ain't tell me what to do. You know what I'm saying, but yeah. that's just me. If, but um, yeah, I get kind of the- like in there in the Pistons position, the bad boys. No matter what you do, your reputation has taken it like just unreparable hits. <laughs> every play, every player on that team, regardless of how many times they clocked an opposing player, like just being associated, being a part of the bad boys. You you have been brought down reputation wise, and you're not making any friends unless you you know become a great teammate with them, like Dennis. Um, yeah, yeah, guilty by association. At that but, point, it's like you can't yeah, but, do anything to like heal your image. Are you just gonna roll into the? Are you just gonna roll with it? You know, roll with the curve and do something as dickish as just like walk off the court like that, <laughs> or? Like even if you do like do the right thing and shake the hands and everything, knowing it's not gonna play well for you, you just do it. Yeah, I'll tell you what though, if Billy and Beer can can take a ninety eight hour hiatus, come back and outrun his whole team in the Indian in the Indian uh, uh, sprints, yeah. In, in, yeah, right, right, right. Maybe, maybe he could get away with doing something like that. But uh, but that's why Lambier could go on because Lambier. Like, like if he was today playing today's NBA, like he doesn't have a skill to play in today's NBA. You know what I'm saying? He right. Just right. he was just there to like, he's like got said, six dollars again. Right. Exactly. And he's got a motor that doesn't quit. Like that makes up a lot of big men in college who don't just don't quite make it. You know. Right. But you know what? Talking about um, players in the NBA today, not really having a rivalry. This is something I, I didn't bring up with you beforehand, but I kind of want to touch on it because it involves my boy, uh, Draymond Green, and it involves a former player. Barkley? Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah, okay. Just, this is a good one. I don't understand where Draymond's coming from. Like, I don't know who was comparing him to Barkley to begin with, but it's like I understand Dre has the titles, and no doubt about it, he's earned those titles. He didn't just – ride the bench while KD and Steph and Clay, like, no, he, he made those titles happen for sure. But look, dude, you just, you're not a better player overall than Barkley. Like, do you agree? Yes. 100%. And like, I agree that like he played his role perfectly with golden state, but he's not getting any rings if it wasn't for KD, Steph or Clay. You know what I'm saying? Right. We we saw vice, we, we saw versa, this, you know, right. beat off each other. Right. And we saw it this year without those guys in the lineup, you know what I'm saying? Even with an all-star star in D'Angelo, he really couldn't be that spearhead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where where Barkley, Barkley was a spearhead on his team when he was in the 76ers, when he was on uh with with, with the Suns, when he was on Houston. He was what like 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 one of the the the, the go tos. He was the go to. You know what I'm saying? Like Green's and, not the go to. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I get I get what I get what Draymond's saying. I get what he's saying, but to me, 
if 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 championships alone make a goat, then Robert Ori is the greatest player of all time. Boom! Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And look, you know Draymond is one of my favorites, but I, it, it seems it seems misplaced to me too because I remember back in 2016, the game after. Like right after the game where Draymond got suspension for getting that tech for getting LeBron in the nuts, uh, Barkley said, "This dude could could play in our era because he's not gonna just sit back and take it. He doesn't care if it's coming from LeBron James or you know the last guy on the bench, uh, like that Clippers dude who bumped into him. He doesn't care. He's gonna he's gonna give it back to you. You know, it might it might be detrimental, but he's gonna do it and." I remember Draymond being on the TNT show with Barkley thereafter, and Barkley pretty much said that. So it seemed like they were, like, on good terms. And I don't know when it happened, but Barkley criticized something about the Warriors. And then Draymond, you know, with today's culture, you got to, like, fire back at anything said wrong about you. And it's just kind of, like, taken off. I'm like, dude, like, I don't know. It, it seems It seems weird. Like, I would love to see him do that with, players currently playing not former players former hall of famers i might add right and you know and like and if it, it it's like it's like people having the same like argument when you're like okay it, it, give me an argument that jordan's better than lebron without using the term about rings right you know what i'm saying if you can sit back and say take away the rings uh draymond and put your guys's careers and skill sets next to each other Barkley's got a better skill set, or had a right. better had a better skill set. Apple, um, apples and oranges, but right, definitely. Right. Like, if I have to start a team with prime Draymond or prime round mound rebound, I'm going with Barkley. Right. I agree with you on that one, Joe. But um, I think I think he needs to let it go. I think this is like it's like it's like pick and choose your fights, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like the, you don't have to take every single fight that comes to your doorstep, man. You can be the bigger person, brush it off, walk away. Trust me, something will happen in the media in the next two days in basketball world where people will forget about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Choose your battles. You know what I'm saying? But right. Start, start something with like a current player because then we can watch it happen at least two times a year, you know? Right, right, and then when they do get back to basketball, then we're gonna actually see what all the talk, all the Twitter fingering back and forth was all about, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I I just had to speak my piece because uh, Barkley was also in the latest uh, episodes of the Dan- uh, Last Dance because uh, they get to the part they they get to about the time where the the Bulls play the Suns in the finals for the '93 uh, title. So uh, Barkley kind of piques my piques my memory, right? But you know, speaking about basketball. Um, transitioning now to the fact that college basketball unfortunately was just cut off right before uh march madness could begin you know we we got to the week of selection sunday and then it just stopped you know you understand the reasoning you understand why it happens but it hurts man it it doesn't stop hurting no, like I said, man, still lost in the mist. Like this is a, you know, a, a Stephen King movie. Does Stephen King make the mist? Is that off of his book? <laughs> I don't know, but I think it was. But uh, yeah, I feel like they. I feel like I'm like lost in like a mist because like 
there, there's no there's no really like sporting news. There's nothing really big. You know what I'm saying? The you know the NBA, the NFL draft. Will, We'll we'll get back to that later, but the NFL draft showed me that you don't really need three hours worth of drafting. You know what I'm saying? And I just saw it happen on live <laughs> TV within 30, 40 minutes. But anyway, for the basketball thing, man, it's just like, yeah, um, for Michigan, they ended up what like nine, seventeen and twelve. I I, 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 I think it was nine, nineteen and twelve. I want to say ten and ten in the uh, ten and 10. ten in Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. So like. And like I was saying to you, I've been loosely watching their what's going on with the recruiting, and I saw I think the the highest rank I saw that they got recruiting class was thirteenth in the right. nation. Hunter Dickinson, right? Yeah. And then and then they got number one in the Big Ten, but I'm seeing that they they lost a ton of players. You know, they, they obviously lost Xavier and uh and and uh, big man uh, uh Tessie. You know, they lost them, obviously, to, you know, their time has been up. But I think, it, you know, they weren't really going to take them over that hump that we needed. Castleton, I, I thought he was soft anyway. He transferred to Florida. Then you got J- the Julius I've been reading. He's going to transfer out. I don't know where he's thinking about or ended up I think up he's going to Cincy. And uh, losing to Julius, if I were a Michigan fan, that's the one that would uh, – Yes. Because who's going to run point? Julius transfer will probably upset me the most if I were a Michigan fan. Just because he looked like the next one in line. He had what seemed like a good mix of B-line characteristics and what it looks like Juwan Howard is taking his team towards. So I think that's a tough loss for Michigan. If If I were a U of M fan, that would irk me. And, you know, even being a Michigan State fan, knowing that he was never offered by Michigan State and Izzo's staff, like that, even that upset me a little bit knowing that. Maybe if he had been offered by Michigan State, he would have come. But, yeah, uh, I think it was Mike Smith from, like, Columbia or one of those Ivy League schools uh, likely going to be right. the point guard. Right. And, you, and you know, like I said, you can look at highlights all day. You get to see what these what they're good at. But you're not going to see what, you know, their tendencies of being, you know, you know, not so good. They're, they're not so good attributes. So, uh, like I said, I'm curious. I haven't really seen a lot. You're not going to really see a lot. I wish I could uh, uh, uh seen something in the tournament, some of the depth on the bench, you know what I'm saying? But uh, other than that, you know, like I said last year when Joan Howard came, he's a new coach. You got to give him time. Um, I'm glad that he got the recruiting grade that he did even though i don't know if it's suspect or not i don't want to speculate i don't want to go on either end of the you know spectrum but yeah i don't know what to expect you know but hey that's been michigan sports for me for like the past seven years so all right no i got you. i got you on that um yeah michigan state finished the season 22 and 9 but won uh i think it was six of their last men five in a row um like I think five of their last wins were against ranked teams, uh, including just a ferocious win at Maryland, which was amazing. Uh, great comeback at Penn State a couple days later. And, yeah, I believe three weeks left to go in the season. They were three games behind Maryland in the Big Ten standings, and they end up just raging back at the end and claiming a share of the Big Ten title. They're third in a row. And, you know – it hurts because everything was coming together. You know, Cassius Winston was looking like Cassius Winston. He had 
just the unspeakable tragedy, and it had clearly affected him throughout the season until about the last month, month and a half. Rocket Watts, my goodness, Rocket Watts was coming into his own. He was – Rocket Watts, uh, Graham Couch of the Lancet State Journal says it very, very uh, nicely. He says Rocket Watts has the gift and the curse of knowing he can score at any time. You know, like that doesn't always mean it's a good shot or something, but he looked like he had found his way in the, the ISO system and was working great off the ball with Cassius could run the point if needed to, was a ball handler. Uh, Xavier Tillman, after the birth of his son, you know, Xavier Tillman Sr. now, uh, just played himself into winning Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, was just an amazing post defender against some some great big guys in the Big Ten. Um, Malik Hall was coming into his own as a freshman. I think he was starting to kind of separate himself from Bingham and Kithier as the guy at the four spot. But the biggest difference to me was the play of Aaron Henry at the three spot and occasionally at the two guard spot. In the at the beginning of the season, he was timid, was hesitant, looked like he was inside his own head far too often. And by the end, he was just comfortable out there. He was playing great defense, playing. He, he looked like a slightly poorer version of Gary Harris out there with his two way play, and. You just look at Michigan State's lineup that had def- – I-, I couldn't see a-, a team with a better defensive threesome than Henry, Watts, and Tillman. Like, my goodness, that was just a combo of athleticism and tenacity. Just And then, you know, offensively, you know, Winston and Watts and Tillman were all playing really well. Malik Hall was having some nights, but – yeah, man, I just it's it still hasn't hit me quite yet how it just all ended, but I can tell you, you know, it it makes it makes the fact that they came back and won a Big Ten championship right at the end it makes that a lot more special, you know. It's it's pretty rare yep. to win three straight championships in a league like the Big Ten. Right, especially when that was it, it was, you know, that, there's nothing else after that. So that that, that makes it a lot, yeah. you know sweeter as well most definitely and and you want it like what you want it walking through the front door you know you charged in and you took that title you didn't no offense to maryland because they were a good team but they lost four of their last five i want to say you know they they should have won the conference by multiple games and and probably a lot of their fans eyes and they're still happy to have won it but they came in through the back door you know right right but. Most definitely, and from and for Michigan, you know, I was you know thinking too is that the only really guy that we have to look forward to is Franz Wagner, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I, hopefully, he does like a Luka Doncic takeover, yeah, and like bring bring some Euro ball, you know, you know, point forward feel to the to the whole mix. But Franz has a nice nope. skill set. I, I think Livers will come back. Right now, he's in the NBA draft, but I think. I think he will uh, withdraw when when his time comes. I, I hope he I hope he does because I th- I feel like he has a lot more to learn. Yeah, but I do want to say like it, it didn't obviously it cut off way shorter than anybody expected. But I I do th- I look at this past season for Michigan State and it is a storybook season, if you will. Um, you just look at great tragedy and loss. 
you know, the loss of Cassius Winston's brother, the loss of Josh, Josh Langford before the season even starts. Uh, you know, Joey Hauser had his struggles thinking he might get to play this year and then not being granted eligibility. But you also have some some great moments. Xavier Tillman becoming Xavier Tillman Sr., welcoming his second child into the world. It's just insane to me. Somebody could be married, a full-time student, a full-time basketball player, and then have two kids under the age of three. That's insane to me. Um, right. Cassius Winston with the alley-oop lob to Xavier Tillman to become the all-time Big Ten assist leader. That's incredibly special to get to witness that. Um. And like I said, just that furious comeback to win another Big Ten championship. Tom Izzo's 10th, you know. Um, it, w- it was a special season, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Didn't get to see what would have happened, you know. I-, I talk about Denzel Valentine's senior year. I I could have bet money on Michigan State winning the championship that year. I definitely would have, and I would have lost it all because they lost to Middle Tennessee State. And that's that's why it's March Madness, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I I can definitely say for sure, not knowing what would have happened, it, it definitely hurts worse than any upset loss ever could. Right, especially when I've seen a lot of like mock or Sims oh my that showed that Mich- that Michigan State actually would have won it. You know, say they would have got. No, I I hated seeing those. Those did not help me at all. I know. I was getting I so been. bothered, like shopping <laughs> at Myers and like check my phone and oh, Michigan State simulates uh, defeats Kansas or Louisville or this, you know, Florida State with uh, Cassius Winston three pointer right before. And I was just like, ah, this isn't helping. Like you don't, you know, you can you can get a like a joke shirt that says twenty twenty simulated champions, but you can't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Like. Right. Lots of teams probably felt the way Michigan State felt. I know Kansas was looking good. Um, uh, Creighton, the team that Michigan beat early in the season, they were looking like a team that could make a run. But, yeah, the not knowing it's going to hurt for a while. Um, knowing that, you know, Cassius Winston was this close to get into 2,000 points, 900 assists. That's such rare air for a college basketball player. Um. You know, it's, it's going to sting for a while, probably until next March Madness if we get there. You know, fingers crossed. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'll always be thankful I got to see one of the all-time greats because Cassius Winston might not have ended it with a national championship like Magic and Cleves did, but it's it's going to be hard to find a better Spartan player than Cassius Winston for a long, long time. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. But I think that Izzo has the machine up there, and yeah, I think they'll be fine. Oh, yeah. I, I think Rocket Watts, he won't be there for four years, but I think he could he could flash some of uh, some of the best potential we've ever seen at Michigan State. But, no, it definitely, it definitely sucks, you know, and it uh, doesn't hurt as much now as it did that, that first weekend and that last weekend that the games would have been happening. Um, but you know, <laughs> Michigan State fans always want to say, you know, wait till March. Thank goodness, uh, thank goodness we got something done in the regular season. Because if we just, you know, 
sleepwalks through the regular season to uh, kind of counting on a postseason run would have been sorely disappointed. The Beards for Radio podcast is sponsored by Farbar. Visit far-ebar.com to browse all of the products available. We're talking t-shirts, jackets, handbags, hoodies, flannels, reconstructed things. I can't even like put into words how original, creative all of the material you will find at far-ebar is. Farbar designs stitches does everything himself and it's good to reward small businesses and hard work so do us all a favor visit far-ebar.com and do yourself a favor and your closet a favor and get one of these products now um i think we could probably yeah, move on to the draft that'd be pretty good yeah go on ahead well, draft. So, number one, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. Um, a lot of people were like, even I've been hearing on the radio, people were boohooing this pick and this stand in third. Me, I have been saying for years, for years, for years, ever since I was younger, I hated our cornerbacks. I hated our secondary. You always had small secondary. They always got burned. Always got put in the red zone. Little little lob pass to the bigger receiver, the bigger tight end, boom, touchdown. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that was always an issue to me. So, for me to say I absolutely hate this pick, I don't, like, like completely love it. I felt like they could have maybe made some moves and got him uh, a, a few a few picks down the line because I don't think the next cornerback went until the 12th or 13th pick if, if I'm uh, if if I stand corrected. I think, uh, I think the you know, Jaguars so, took Henderson at nine, um, but no, I, yeah, it, it was it was a few picks later. Yeah, something like that. So it was so so they could have they could have you know done something and got him a, two or three picks later and still got some kind of you know acquirements or you know something yeah. right but i'm not gonna sit here and say i hate it because i'm not gonna be i'll be a hypocrite right i've been i've been screaming 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 for cornerbacks ever since i was a young kid and when you get probably the one of the best cover corners in the country i'm not gonna sit here and say it's stupid don't do it you know what I'm saying? Yeah. i'd be a hypocrite so I, I i don't mind the pick i'm 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 i'm, I'm kind of the light after after last year's debacle after last last year's <laughs> tight end deal, you know, like this is just a breath of fresh air to me. So I, I don't I don't hate the pick. I can't I can't say that I hate the pick. What did you think about the first round pick? Yeah, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. Who knows what was going on in that that war room or that virtual draft room, uh being how it was this year. Maybe maybe some teams were trying to trade up to three. And the Lions were just like, nah, this is all good enough. I think the Lions shot themselves in the foot by making it clear. It's like the Dolphins and the Chargers and, uh, you know, and other quarterback-hungry teams. They were less willing to give up something to move up into that number three spot to get a quarterback because the Lions were pretty adamant, like, no, we're not taking to a – we're not taking Herbert, which absolutely would have been the wrong move to take Herbert at that spot. But um, right, Okuda's a nice player. It would have been nice to trade back and take him at five or six or seven and have another 
um, asset to use in the draft. But, no, I can't bash it. Um, I really think their second pick was probably the best, probably something that maybe signaled the changing of the guard in the way uh, old Bob Quinn drafts. But I really like taking DeAndre Swift in the second round, uh, the running back out of Georgia. Yeah, everybody was calling for Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. But, you know, like, Swift was there, dude. Like, I didn't think he was going to make it that far. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I was, you know, reading some draft, you know, classes, you know, our grades. And a lot of people, a lot of, like, a, a few sites didn't like that pick, saying that, quote, running backs didn't matter. I'm thinking, like, nah, dude, to me, like, those young running backs matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're going to want uh, – who, who did the Chiefs have a few years ago to do to beat the chicken in the in – the, what was his name? Hunt. Running – Cream Hunt. Yeah, like when when those guys come in the league, you know what I'm saying, those yeah. guys kill it the first year because there's no tape on Dude, them. Look. You know what I'm saying? I've, I, I've always said this. This is, the, this is that rookie phenomenon. There's Sometimes these rookies have uh, the be- their best year ever in their career is their rookie year because there's no tape on them. You know what I'm saying? There's hardly any tape on them. You know what I'm saying? They're going to come out, they're going to kill it, and maybe they'll get caught the second or third year if they're like Walter Payton S. They're going to take off every single year, but they're going to have that rookie year that's going to be like, wow, where did this rookie come from? Because there's no tape on yeah. them. You know what and I'm saying? So, like, it could it be? I, I hope, I hope, I hope it's something like that. If you that. want to talk about running back university, I think it boils down to Alabama and it boils down to Georgia. You know, Alabama has the players like, uh, you know, Derrick Henry right now eating up the league, TJ Yeldon, Kenyon Drake, uh, Mark Ingram, players of that caliber, Georgia, Todd Gurley. Uh, you talk about players who came into the NFL and, you know, broke onto the scene, Todd Gurley. Um, that, oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but uh, the dude in New England. Um, Sony Michelle. Oh. Sony Michelle in New England. Sony Michelle. Nick Chubb in yes. Cleveland. Like, you talk about pairing DeAndre Swift with Carrion Johnson. Carrion Johnson, yeah, as a rookie, looked like he would be like one of those next in that next class of great backs, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if you can split his carries and give him some competition, and I think DeAndre Swift could even surpass Carrion Johnson, then you've just become that much better. Now you have two viable young options at running back. Was it Bo, was it Bo Scarborough, uh, uh, Alabama running yeah, back too? Scarborough was a running back at Alabama. Um, Eddie Lacy, you know, he's not in the league anymore, but he was he... cheeseburger Lacy. <laughs> I still think Le'Veon Bell should have won Rookie of the Year that year, but you know that's just me. <laughs> the year that Eddie Lacy was right. That's just my. Well, you, you you might be coming you might be coming from a biased place there, Joseph. Well, maybe but, little, you know, we'll let you slide on that run. a little bit. Um, no, I love the DeAndre Swift pick, and then um, I don't—I forget if it was round three or four, but the Lions got Jonah Jackson at guard out of Ohio State. Ohio State, um, yeah, they got a few Ohio State players, yeah. which I, which I, which I, which I can't hate on because they seem to uh, have a lot of good players on their uh, college team. So. Right, right, best pro team in Ohio, in Ohio. ain't the Bengals or the Browns, right. but uh, right, right. then they got a. Uh, Julian Oquara, who's the, the brother of who's currently playing for the Lions. So overall he's an edge, he's an edge rusher, right? 
Overall, it's so, probably the most um, satisfied I've been with a, a Bob Quinn draft since he's been in Detroit at, at first look. It's, it's probably been the, the most pleased I've been with them. Oh, I can I can totally agree with you. And I think that any – you know, he could have gone with, you know, a lineman this draft. It was, still would have been better than, you know, last year's draft. Yeah. So, no, I agree with you. But 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 I'm 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 glad that we finally got a cornerback. I'm not, I wasn't a big Slay fan anyway. I felt like big play Slay let a little more let as many big plays up than he did stop. You know what I'm saying? Any you know people can say whatever they want to say. You know what I'm saying? And you know when they traded what's his face uh, to Diggs. Seattle, I'm drawing a blank. Diggs. And everyone's like, well, you see you see what he did? He went over there. And, you know he was you know right away he helped out the defense i'm like yeah because he's not that guy yeah. you know what i'm saying quadra Diggs will never be that guy on a defense yeah. he'll be a uh uh you know uh, you know uh, a supporting actor he'll be that guy that comes in and does his job and fits in where he needs to fit in but he'll never be that number one you know what yeah. i'm saying so yeah. it's like so it's like in the same in the same thing with slay so like i had no problem Seen I, both I still of them, have though. issues with the dude running the show in Detroit, uh, Patricia. I, I, I'm still not overall thrilled with Bob Quinn, but I, I'll just say this draft was solid. And, um, you know, outside of, like, getting, you know, his biggest hit was definitely Kenny Galladay. Um, you can't really give him credit for getting Glasgow late because now Glasgow has moved on. Um, you know, he drafted me. But aside from that, like, he hasn't mm-hmm. had like a whole lot of like solid draft picks. In fact, he's, he's had a lot of whiffs. But this one, it looked like a, a solid draft. Nobody really jumps out at you, except I would say like Okuda and Swift probably. Um, this right. is just solid. Like I, I don't really have anything to critique about it too much. Um, not, not really, man. I'm with you on that one, and it's weird to I, say. I think it was fifth or but it's round. also they got Quintez Cephas out of Wisconsin. He's he's a good size wide receiver. He's not super fast, but. He could be like a decent red zone target, right? Hey Amen. We 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 had we had that and a man named Herman Moore. You know, Herman Moore wasn't you know the fastest dude, but he was strong and he was tall and he and he ran his routes well and he was very high IQ. So you know, he, you know, even Jay Rice to me that guy's the greatest of all time. He wasn't the fastest yeah. dude, but he was just so much smarter than you know, everyone else and he worked hard at it. So it's like sometimes, man, like you could have a dude that runs a four two forty, but you know, I'm saying the elevator stops right about the chest area. So <laughs> right. We'll we'll see how we'll we'll see how that works out. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, do you know do you know what time it is in Miami? It's, it's two a time. time. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately could not be happier with how that played out for the Dolphins. If, you know, earlier in the year, like September-ish, I didn't really want Tua because I thought the Dolphins were going to be tanking for the number one pick, and I wanted somebody like Chase Young or Simmons from Clemson. And I I honestly thought Josh Rosen would be a bigger part of the future plans. Uh, But the way everything turned out with – uh, Fitz Magic kind of leading that last couple weeks surge for the Dolphins, getting that W in New England that forced them to play opening weekend and lose to our boy Ryan Tannehill. That was just a beautiful, 
beautiful one-two punch by the Dolphins, I must say. Um, you know, getting into that fifth pick, and I thought for sure if we were going to get Tua, we would have to trade up to get him. I thought for sure, like, the Chargers would jump us. Somebody somebody looking for a quarterback, maybe the Saints, since Breeze might be out the door. Maybe they're like, you know, we can sit Tua for a bit. And, you know, a couple months ago, that wouldn't have bothered me. But as it came to draft week and draft night, I was like, we got to get Tua. If we need to trade up, so be it. But, you know, I just – I need I need some Tua. I know he's not going to play right away, but it played out perfectly. There were no trades until, like, 10 or 11. And we didn't even have to trade up to get him. That was one of the happiest draft night moments I've experienced as a Dolphins fan was getting to a Tagovailoa. And I believe that's how his, his name is said. But now, now are you gonna are you gonna jump the gun and get a jersey, or are you gonna wait to see how see how his play goes? <laughs> we'll see. Right now, um, I have a Cam Wake shirt, jersey shirt. You know, he's he's one of my all time favorite Dolphins. Uh, I had a, a throwback jersey that was Jarvis Landry, number 14. But we traded him, so I, I taped over it and wrote Fitzmagic. So I have a, I have a Ryan Fitzmagic jersey. Um, mm. We'll see. <laughs> um, probably, though. Probably I will sooner rather than later get a, a Tua jersey. But, you know, I've, I've heard some people hating on the pick because he's injury-prone. Um you know, that's pretty much the only knock is that he suffered that that hip injury. You know, he doesn't need to play in 2020. 2020 was not going to be the year that the, the Dolphins made a championship run. I am all for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen and Tua Tagovailoa splitting snaps for 2020. And really, you know, the line is still being makeshift. They did some pretty good work drafting some linemen with high upside. But overall, the offensive line is still not a strong suit for the Miami Dolphins. So do you want Tua taking those hits or do you want Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen taking those hits? I love, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I'd, I'd much rather see his old ass getting those, those hits than anybody else. No offense. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, he's, he's well, maybe not because right. But maybe not because what if, if he thinks he would be hits, you know, he's going to be out and you got to put it in young right. cats and then he may not be ready, you know, trial by fire. But, no, I get what yeah. you're saying. I'm just. And I've, I've heard the comparisons of like who he could he could have the side similar to uh, you know the great lefties. He could he could flake out. I heard someone say because they were kind of pissed off that I, I don't know they were kind of pissed off about the hype that he was getting. But somebody said he'll be out of the league in five years and retired like Andrew Luck. <clears throat> and you know what? That might be true. That, maybe that's true. But do you think for one second that the Colts regret taking Andrew Luck with that pick? No, they made so much money off that young man. They had good moments from that young and man. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be a risk with right. any draft pick. And, and You know what? They said the same thing about Drew Brees. Yeah. A lot of people pass up on Drew Brees, and look what he's done for New Orleans. Yeah. So miss me, miss me with that BS like, sometimes. You didn't win a championship in Indy with Andrew Luck, but players wanted to play with Andrew Luck. They're, they saw the potential to be the best quarterback in the game. And I think maybe not this year, but a couple years down the line, 
you're going to see something similar in Miami. Maybe maybe he flames out and you, it just doesn't work. Big deal. You're back to where you've been, you know, the, since Dan Marino retired. You know, no loss there. If it works out, you potentially just got someone who could become a top three quarterback in the league. Like, right. I don't think anybody's going to surpass Mahomes. Mahomes is just greatness right now. But, you know, you got yourself a chance. And you got yourself maybe a quarterback that people want to play with. Maybe somebody who can change the culture. I mean, he's the most accurate passer in college football history. Like, that's not an opinion. That's a proven stat. Tua Tagovailoa is the most accurate passer in college football history, man. And he seems like a good young kid, and uh, I'm 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 just I'm super excited. And overall, the Dolphins had a really solid draft. Um, they traded a fifth for Matt Breida, the running back from San Fran, which I just thought was an awesome move. Um, you know, I think the beard fits will still be the quarterback this upcoming season if we have one. But beyond that, you know, I. I'm just so excited. I've never been this excited in my life about a Dolphins quarterback because I didn't get to watch Marino. But I'm right. crazy excited about this pick. That's cool. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to see what he he does. Is he gonna you know like is he gonna live up to the hype or is he gonna fizzle out because of injury, being injury prone? So it's yeah. it's if he does, you know, top five picks they they flail all the time, you know. Right, absolutely. Nobody else I would have rather taken with that fifth pick, especially not having to trade for it. Um, hey, man, you, you take that, you know, high risk, take that swing. high risk, high reward, you right. know. You take that swing, and if you miss, you're just right back where you started. And if, if you hit on it, you know, hold on because you might be in for a special ride, which, right? No, 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 yeah, absolutely, man. It's just, I think, I think a lot of it, a lot of it comes to luck, you know, sometimes it's luck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I love Patrick Mahomes, but I would I would absolutely die to see just a, a rivalry bud between Mahomes and Tagovailoa for like the next thirteen years, similar to what we saw with uh Brady. You know what I mean? Right. It yeah. would be well, cool. I've, really I've just been excited, you know, uh, all week about Tua, so it's it's uh, hopefully good times ahead and uh, Lions had a solid draft, so Overall, it was a good draft weekend, I'd say. Right. Absolutely. But, yeah, I think that does it for uh, our quarantine COVID-19 pandemic episode of the Beards for Radio podcast. Uh, <laughs> make sure you check out far-ebar.com to buy some new Farbar swag. Make sure you check out, uh, what was it? It was a Mexican Fiesta Grill. Mexican Fiesta Cantina in Heartland, Michigan. You know, you got to support these small businesses, man, especially these ones that offer takeout. Right. <laughs> and uh, other than that, you know, we'll keep you guys posted as much as we can. But uh, Sasha, it was good hearing that beautiful voice of yours again. And uh, we'll have to keep at it, man. Joe's better hearing yours, man. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Happy Star Wars Day, nerds. Happy Star Wars Day, everyone. All right.